0: Whenever there's a need, I try to say less is more because the more detail you have in a logo, the less memorable it becomes, the less impactful it becomes. But when it's too clean, it can be kind of boring and dull. So I always try to find a balance between clean and smart design. Like it has to be clean, but it also has to be smart. It can't just be, you know, simple black letters that are bold. It has to have symbolism behind it. So big and bold is not always... The answer to making it stand out.
1: (laughs) If you're looking to up your startup marketing game, you're in the right place. This podcast will help you simplify, prioritize, and see big wins from your marketing efforts. Every week, you'll hear from some of the world's best venture-backed startup founders, marketing leaders, and startup experts about marketing, brand, growth, what's working well, challenges, and how crazy and fun marketing can be when you're at a high-growth startup. See you inside. Welcome, everybody. So glad to have you back on this show. I just told my guest here that there are no rules in podcasting, and I super believe in that. Today I'm welcoming Lena Ares. She is the founder and lead graphic designer at Talina Design. She's been doing it for over 17 years, and I am in awe because it's your own business and you've been doing it for that long and you're still learning and you're still growing, right? And I started my company January 2020. And so going from just like a little over two years to 17 plus years, I'm like, wow, that is amazing. So welcome to the show, Lena. Thank you, Anna. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I want to give a little quick backstory because you're in Israel right now, but we actually crossed paths. Well, we didn't because we didn't know that we both went to the same university. We both went to U of I. We both were in the School of Art and Design, although you stayed there and I switched out to the business school. (laughs) But we crossed paths in that way, and I'm so glad to know you. So you work with brands, people, at companies that are pushing for positive change to design their story and to spark action. And we'll talk about what that means. I really wanted to get someone like a brand... Design expert on the show. I have not done that yet. So I'm excited to jump in and ask some questions here. You've had a whole slew of clients, including Adler Planetarium out here in Chicago, as well as Ballot Ready, as well as Birthright Israel, and more. And you're just like really nice and you've got a good heart. You're skilled at what you do. I can see that you love what you do. You're a very skilled designer. And so before I continue blabbing on, let's go ahead and jump to some of these questions I have. Sure. Great. Okay. So let's go ahead and start with like, I want to understand what you mean when you say pushing for positive change. Companies that are pushing for positive change, what does that mean to you? Because I I work with startups and they all say that they're pushing for positive change. I say that with a smile. So what does that mean for you? I
0: try to work with um, missions and people who are passionate about their... Undertaking such as um, they want to improve something, you know, for all of us in the medical industry, in the educational sector, in the cultural sphere. I try to avoid projects that feel too gimmicky or too marketing-like. You know, they're trying to just get wealthy. So their missions has to a- align with my with my own values. For instance, I did a brand for Invisicare, and they created an app that elderly people install in their phones. And then their loved ones can actually uh, keep an eye on them virtually, you know, things like that. Or another one, it was where they're creating Band-Aids that you stick onto your body and then they dissolve with time. So just making our lives easier day to day.
1: I love that. Band-Aids that dissolve over time. I feel like my kids would love that because every time (laughs) I need to rip the Band-Aid off, they're screaming. So (laughs) I like that mission and I hear you like when you have your own business, you can actually pick and choose. You have all these conversations with loads of people and you have to figure out like who's the right fit for you based on my values, based on my brand values, based on how I approach design work, based on my, how I think about the greater good and what I'm trying to do here and who I'm trying to help. So I love that you bring that into your, like who you work with. Thank you. So... Tell me more about how you help brands design their story for action. What is your approach? What is your process? So my
0: process is I try to make it as fewer steps as possible. In, in general, I'm a minimalist in the way I design and just even my lifestyle in terms of, you know, I have very minimal uh, furniture and, I, I, you know, I just believe less is more. So anyway, I have a questionnaire that I sent to my prospective clients and I was able to narrow down those questions to 10 sometimes we don't even have to speak on the phone before we start. It's just enough for the client to fill out those 10 questions. And most importantly, I ask them to send me samples of logos they like, brands they like visually. They don't even have to relate to their industry, but I have to understand what speaks to them aesthetically because design is also subjective. And for us to have a seamless and you know as quick of a process as possible, I have to better understand what speaks to them visually. You know, Are they more into clean and minimal or more funky more complex design you know retro modern like so you can describe uh what they're looking for in you know in paragraphs but if they send me a few images that really helps and then i usually send them three options to choose from with also mock-ups so they can kind of visualize their brand in context and then we usually have up to three revision rounds to finalize their logo and that tends to be enough. Sometimes we go to four and five, but usually it's on average just three rounds to get to their final logo brand. And then I, I send them a brand guide that includes their color palette, typography, patterns, and also mock-ups. So they, they could see their brand on, on a billboard and a cup. Once we're done, I send them a brand guide. Yeah, it usually takes on average
1: uh, a week and a half to two weeks to create a brand from start to finish. So that's what it takes. And I really like how your minimalist approach is very focused on like, I don't need to spend months on this. I just need to do this questionnaire with 10 questions. By the way, I'm going to ask you what those questions are. And then asking like to send some samples. I like to do this too. I like to ask as I put together, like I work with my designer um, when I do some work with clients. And I like to ask like, who do you admire? Who inspires you? Like, what are some websites that you love, what are some examples of like companies that are doing marketing well? Because it is subjective. And it is about also who you're working with. What does the leadership like? What is the CEO like? What is a founder like? That is very important to like bring that into the process. It's not just about like you as a marketer, or you as a designer. It's about the the leadership and the team, right? What they love. So I love that. And then you also talked about like you're sending the three options. You've got the mock-ups. And they pick the one that they love and then you go through the revision rounds and then the, there you go. There's your brand guide. Right. I absolutely love this process. I think it's great. I also want to ask you the questions. What's in that questionnaire or just like a flavor of questions? You don't have to give me all 10. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: you know, um, to talk about their target market, of course, they are they trying to target with their new brand, new business? As I mentioned, the most important one is to, to show me samples of, of brands they, they like, existing brands they like. So their values, what they want their, what kind of personality do they want their business to project? That's a big one. And that's going to also d- then transfer onto their brand. And then who are their competitors? Because for them to be better than competitors, I have to understand who their competitors are. So I look at their, their branding as well and then try to do it a, a step, you know, a notch better. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like the who, it's like, who are you for? You probably need to understand, like, what are they creating for them, right? What's the product? What's the service? Yeah. Personality, like, what kind of personality? And what if they don't know? Do you try to help them or do most companies, like, know? Because sometimes there are companies that don't necessarily know or have a good grasp on like what personality and they're kind of open to suggestions.
0: Yeah, so sometimes they say, oh, thank you so much for sending us this uh, questionnaire. It helped us to have a better understanding of what we're trying to do here. It's like a worksheet for them. But I really try to push them to send me as many samples of logos as possible. I keep going back to this. And then I try to look for patterns. You know, what do they like? And then if I don't really see any patterns between the logos they, they like, Then I start getting worried because then I go deeper because I'm trying to understand uh, what kind of uh, image are they trying to convey? Sometimes, you know, they choose a bunch of colorful brands uh, with a lot of detail. And sometimes they just do like they choose a lot of corporate ones.
1: So it's interesting to see. That makes sense. You're looking for patterns as you ask these questions. That makes a lot of sense. And it's not just for logo, right? Like sometimes your projects are around website Or you even created, I think I saw, you created like a big, like a a banner or like a poster or something that's kind of like huge and displayed outside as people are walking by. Building new structures here in Jerusalem.
0: And I created the the logo for this particular luxury building. And then they needed the, you know how when they're constructing, they have um, posters on the constructing site, signage. So I did the signage, for instance. And so they told me they want something that has like a luxurious feel. Like modern, luxurious, but also pays homage to Jerusalem and like the olive trees and like the ancient feel. So we had to combine
1: modern and ancient. Oh, cool. That's really cool. This is the part, this is why I love that you went to U of I, so did I. And we were somehow like, we were in the School of Art and Design because that's like, this is fun. This is creative stuff. It's also subjective. So that makes it hard. It's not like there's one right answer, there are many different routes that you can take. And it really is about, like, the experience that you have has probably made you better at this kind of work, right?
0: Yeah. And the interesting thing in U of I, they actually, there was a kind of a process. They taught us that you can't just simply choose pink because you like pink or you can't like place, you know, sometimes, you know, now in graphic design, they're adding like a lot of like lines and like little elements to kind of spruce up the design. But everything that we do, we had to have a reason. So it's it's also very strategic. It's kind of intuitive, but strategic. So when I choose a font, I try to understand why I'm choosing that font. It's not just because it looks pretty or I like blue, you know. It's also based on strategy and what their target audience are going to connect to.
1: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so tell me... Now, what would you say is your biggest pet peeve? I'm curious, like when it comes to branding and design and like, what do companies get wrong? What's your advice? It's a really
0: great question. I think um, a lot of times they want bigger and bolder and more detail. So first, I'll give an example. It's actually a really long name. I'm working on a brand now for Musculoskeletal Tumor Society. (laughs) It's a long word. And so they sent me a sketch of uh, the logo they have in mind and they did, uh, you know, the cancer ribbon and then they did a tumor inside the ribbon, like a sketch of a tumor. I'm going to have to push back and say, you know, I don't suggest actually drawing a tumor in your logo, you know, one, because it's too um, specific and it's like an illustration. It's not really a clean logo. It's not symbolic enough. And also it has a negative connotation. Um, People don't really want to see tumors, I don't think, in logos. I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah,
0: I think a ribbon is great. (laughs) You know, that's a symbol, right? But it has a positive connotation. So I always, um, not always, but whenever there's a need, I try to say less is more because the more detail you have in a logo, the less memorable it becomes, the less impactful it becomes. But when it's too clean, it can be kind of boring and dull. So I always try to find a balance between clean and smart design. Like it has to be clean, but it also has to be smart. It can't just be, you know, simple black letters that are bold. It has to have symbolism behind it. So big and bold is not always the answer to making it stand out.
1: (laughs) I like that. That's a great takeaway here. Big and bold does not necessarily mean that people will remember what you stand for. Right. And that's really the goal is to... Stand for something, connect to your target audience. And big and bold is not necessarily the answer. It's got to be something that's like strategic. Like, you have to ask, why am I choosing this? And I love how you think about less is more. I was just talking to someone the other day and they just redid their logo and their original one was a lot cleaner and simpler. And then they went with something that's more complex. And I think I'm going to come back to them and suggest, like, did you really want to change? If you're changing your brand design and your logo and like your website, like make sure that you're making the right changes for the right reasons, right? It's not because of the big bold detail stuff like that. It's got to be something that's helping you to connect to your target audience at the end of the day. And I like that you think about clean but not boring and dull. So there's a balance that you're thinking about. And do you have a way to kind of like get to that? How do you know that what you're building is clean And also smart, like not boring, right? How do you know? So it starts off being simple, right? I just go to the basics, like I choose the
0: font and the colors. And then I try to think of the big idea behind the logo. So going back to this musculoskeletal tumor society, I was thinking about what could be the symbol there. And so I combine the two ribbons, the two, you know, ribbons that stand for cancer, and then they make up the M. Can you picture that?
1: Yes, I can actually.
0: So I said, Ah oh, aha, uh-huh. that it was like an aha uh-huh moment. Two ribbons and then they combine to make the letter M of musculoskeletal. Because that's the first letter of the of the name of the
1: organization. So I look for uh where can I find symbolism? I love that. Do you also do that in life, Lena? I feel like you do you, you look for symbolism in like all aspects, in your work and also just in life in general. Do you do that?
0: That's a good question. Like I notice hearts and all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> like there's this big oak tree near my house. And I'm like, oh, that looks like a big heart, like the green part.
1: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I guess like sometimes I see like things in nature that is probably not supposed to be there, but then you kind of happen to walk past something and then it comes up and you're like, oh, wow, that looks like X or Y or whatever. Exactly. Um, usually my kids do that, actually. So exactly. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that kind of looks like a brain. Yeah, I was going to mention my daughter. She does it more than I do. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Thank you for walking through that. So tell me what your favorite project has been so far and tell me a little bit more about why that is.
0: Are you thinking more like my favorite client or specific type of work? Either or. Either like the work or the client. Okay. So I really love um, branding and and we talked a lot about it. It's just like such a small thing. It's a logo. It's a tiny little project if you think about it. But it's so fun to come up with a big idea. And then that which is going to stand for this big organization with their mission and their target audience. And it's really great. And I really enjoy the process of um, collaborating with the client. And this is one of the reasons I actually decided to be a freelancer, because when I used to work for um, design agencies, I used to work with the, the marketing director and he would talk to the client. So I actually really enjoy being directly in touch with the client and getting their feedback. It's surprising because usually when I design a logo, I'll say, okay, this, I'm married to this design. It looks great. I hope they choose it. Oftentimes they'll you know, want to make tweaks and sometimes I'm reluctant to do it, but then it actually create, usually creates a stronger uh, design with the, co- the collaboration.
1: Um, and it's really interesting to see where we end up together. That's cool. When you're trying to say like, no, actually, I'm going to have a strong pushback on this, like what you did with the ribbon and the tumor, (laughs) right? How do you balance that with collaboration, but also pushback? Like you have to feel it's really not a good path, good direction for the design, right? And then that's when you push back.
0: Yeah. So one way I learned to do it is because we want to make sure the client feels heard. So I don't want to say, no, no, that wasn't a good idea. I'm going to do it my way. So I try to... Do it their way, and then I, I do it my way, and then I show them the two examples. And then I say,
1: May I suggest this for this reason? But and then that way they could see for themselves. Love it. Lena, in the time that we have left, what are your goals this year? What would you say are your personal and maybe professional goals for this year? Uh, it's such a timely question because I actually today I started
0: collaborating with another designer because I'm getting more busy. So I am trying to find more talent that we can collaborate together. And actually uh, I want to schedule, um, there's this woman and she, her specialty is um, coming up with systems for when you want to level up or expand your business. And so she tells you, you know like, to use Trello or Asana. Uh, so she's going to help me come up with those admin tools. So after
1: 17 years, I'm, I'm really excited to, <laughs> to expand a bit, to level up. That's amazing. Wonderful. I love to hear that. I love to hear when good people do good work and then their business grows. So it makes a lot of sense that you're bringing on another designer and expanding and any personal goals for this year that you want to mention. I'd like to... Beyond expanding my business, I'd like to expand my family. Oh, awesome. (laughs) That's less in my control, but yes, that's that's amazing. Well, I think those are two really awesome goals. And I'm cheering you on. And thank you. I super appreciate you coming on here and talking through more of the stuff that I don't really cover a lot, right? Because I bring on a lot of marketing-minded people and we talk about there is overlap here. Like I work with my designer. I also talk to clients. I have to ask specific questions. I also need to understand target market, personality, competition, all that stuff. So it's really cool to see that your approach matches nicely with kind of like how I approach working with clients as well. So thank you so much, Lena, for being on here. It was such a pleasure and take care. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this weekly episode of Modern Startup Marketing. People call me the Marie Kondo of startup marketing because I help VC backed early stage startups clean up their marketing mess to uncover more joy and revenue. For those startups that have already built their marketing foundation and have been testing different marketing plays, but just aren't satisfied with the traction that they're seeing, I created the marketing audit and roadmap offering. At the end of your custom audit, you'll get a custom roadmap with improvement opportunities for the next three to six months so that you can finally put the missing pieces in place to start seeing more traction and stop spending time and money on the wrong things. You can learn more about it by visiting my website, fermanovmarketing.com pricing. And also, please don't forget to leave a review if you're enjoying the show.